It is almost impossible to do what the Celtics did against the Los Angeles Clippers. But the Celtics did it, and it was gross. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep jump on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining James, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day of the week. I'm here for you Monday through Friday, free and available everywhere podcasts exist. I'm on YouTube, and uh, if you missed the show, you can scroll back through LockdownCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book available everywhere books are sold. If you want to give one as a gift, get a signed copy, an autographed copy, personalized message. It's on my website, johncorrales.com, for 30 bucks. Not a bad deal. Boston Celtics, who lost their third game in a row, this one to the LA Clippers, 91-82. to The Boston Celtics shot four for 42 from three. That is nine and a half percent. They shot worse in the second half just over 8% in the second half. And in the fourth quarter, they shot 5%. This is as historically bad a performance as you can get. And yet somehow the Celtics were still within double digits. They only lost this game by nine. They had chance after chance after chance if they had just knocked down a couple of threes. It's weird to say this, but if they had just knocked down 15% of their three-pointers, they would have won this game. But they did not. So. I'm going to talk about it here. Some insane statistics courtesy of ESPN in the first segment. In the second segment, zone, the zone defense is really what killed them. It's it's kind of, I know it sounds a little like, oh, zone defense, so what? But th- th- this has been Achilles heel for the Celtics, and, and the way it worked out was kind of really interesting to me. And then in the third segment, I don't know, some thoughts about Jalen Brown. Uh, I think this is tough. I think this is tough for him. I'm wondering about him a little bit here and not in the ways that I think we've all been wondering about him in the past couple of days. So that's all coming up. First of all, today's show is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need. You can even negotiate better deals on those that you do want to keep. So the Celtics here, there's only one real headline here. The shooting is the real headline. And to just show you how close they were to just really literally shooting 15% and winning this game. They took 101 shots to the 81 that the Clippers get. When you take 20 more shots than the other team, it generally leads to a win. No matter how bad you're shooting, it almost always leads to a win with this game being the lone exception. You look at points in the paint. Celtics, 54-26. Fast break points, Celtics, 13-10. Although this is a point of contention, it should have been more than 13-10. The Celtics are a horrible fast break team. They can't handle themselves on the break. I don't know why. It should be easy. They can't. But they still won the fast break points. 
19 bench points to 16 for the Clippers. Only eight turnovers to the Clippers, 14. So points off of turnovers, they won that battle 20 to four. Uh, it's, it's almost absurd. 20, 21 offensive rebounds to the Clippers nine. They, they, they won in every other category. Every, you look at this, if you just don't look at the three-point shooting numbers, you, you listen to all of those stats I rattled off, you say, yeah, the Celtics probably won that game. But the shooting was so disgustingly bad that it's, they, they, they couldn't win. And, and I went back and I looked at a few of these three-pointers. Not all of them. I'm going to go back. I'll look at them in the morning uh, when I do get to sleep. I'm sure I'll have nightmares of some of these misses. But after the game, Ime... Uh, Grant Williams, Jalen Brown, they all said, look, we, we got open shots. They, they were all very comfortable with the shots that they got. Not every single one, because I'm sure when you look back, when I look back and go through and, and look at 42 three-point attempts, there are going to be forced ones. There are going to be some early shot clock ones where you say, okay, maybe, maybe you couldn't have, maybe you could have done a little bit better. But also, there are plenty of early shot clock, or at least on the rebound, where my criticism would be like, hey, you get the ball, you kick it out, it's 13 seconds on the shot clock, can't you get a better shot? But when you kick it out and nobody's within 15 feet of a shooter, you say, well, what are you going to do, drive and kick? Okay, maybe maybe Josh Richardson can drive and kick to uh, Peyton Pritchard on, on one of these things. Well, Peyton Pritchard was 0 for 5 in this game. So was Josh Richardson. So it's not like... Any one of these guys was shooting well, except for Grant Williams, and this is the one point of contention when it comes to Ime Odoka. 20, point, 20, 20 and a half minutes for Grant Williams. Um, it's not like he was on a floor, it was a big negative. He, he was actually a zero in the plus minus. Uh, he was two of three, but he only played 20 minutes, 20 and a half minutes. Maybe he could have played a little bit more and have him play 30 minutes instead of uh, one of these other guys. You Maybe you shave a couple minutes off of Josh Richardson's time or a couple minutes off of Peyton's time and you, and you figure something else out. I don't know, but um, I didn't think Peyton was particularly great in this game on any, on any level. He was targeted defensively. He missed all of his shots uh, or well, he hit a couple of shots, but he missed all of his three pointers. He, I don't think he was really good in this game, but the, the shots that they got were, generally good shots. Listen to these statistics. These come courtesy of ESPN, ESPN Stats and Info. And they were in Tim Bontemps piece on ESPN, if you want to go read that piece. But he lists a litany of these statistics. Uh, the Celtics were 4 of 42 from three-point range. It's the worst performance ever, second worst performance ever by a team shooting at least 40 three-pointers. And that was the Houston Rockets from last season. So like they're supposed to be bad. Celtics are supposed to be good. The Celtics went one of 18 in the fourth quarter, including missing its final 15, three pointers of the game. The 17 misses were the most in, in a quarter by any team in the last 25 seasons, Boston's 82 points on 101 field goal attempts, lowest point total in a game with at least hundred field goal attempts since the three point line came about. Four for 39 on catch-and-shoot three-pointers. The worst night any team has had on catch-and-shoot opportunities since the tracking data came around in the 2013-14 season. Uh, dead last. Absolutely dead last. The effective field goal percentage, 
which is a metric that counts that that weighs three pointers a little heavier because they they are they count for an extra point. The actual effective field goal effective field goal percentage was thirty six point six. The expected effective field goal percentage was fifty six point seven. So you get about a twenty percent difference, twenty percent difference in their effective field goal percentage. So the expected field goal percentage is a metric that says these are where your shots are coming from. This is who's shooting those shots. This is what you should, on average, this is what you should be hitting. And it's not some, it's, doesn't, it takes all the, uh, oh, wow, I think Grant Williams could have hit five more three-pointers. No, it it's, doesn't have emotion tied to it. It says this is the player. This is the distance. This is the closest defender. This is about what you should be shooting. About 56.7% effective field goal percentage. And their actual effective field goal percentage was 36.6. That's gross. Gross. And that number supports what the Celtics were saying after the game. This, this for them falls under make-miss league. This for them is, hey, you know what? We got, we got shots that maybe, maybe you could say, hey, we, we, would we prefer different shots? Sure, yeah, everybody would prefer the shots be at the rim, but considering what the Clippers were doing, how they were playing the game, packing the packing the paint, playing zone defense, uh, a kind of zone that allowed for those three-pointers, and they didn't really rush out to go into rotation. They just said, hey, Al Horford, go ahead and shoot. Josh Richardson, go ahead and shoot. They just let them go out there and do it. And, and look, for all of both of those guys struggling from time to time, shooting from deep, still... When you get five or six or seven shots, you should still hit one, two, you know? I mean, come on, two of seven is, is not great, but that's, that's fine. That would have been fine in this game. Two, two of seven and one of five would have been fine in this game. That's nine points right there. That's a tie game. If these guys had a bad shooting game, they would have won. They had the, one of the worst shooting games of all time. In this one, why, 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 why? Well, zone defense for sure had something to do with it. And it presents a conundrum because there's a way to break the zone. And also the way to break the zone is what the Clippers wanted to do. So what do you do there? I'm going to talk about that when I come back. First of all, let's talk about True Bill. Did you know that your ex is still using your Netflix? Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you've got a ton of streaming services that you've signed up for over and over and over again as you managed your way through the pandemic. You've got all of these subscriptions. You don't know what the hell you've got. Truebill can help you manage all of those, can help you cancel those, can help, help you cancel those free trials that you forgot about. It's a new app that helps you identify all of that stuff and simply stop paying for these subscriptions, the ones you don't want or need or the ones you forgot about. Generally, people save about 720 bucks a year with Truebill. So, Check it out. Link your accounts on Truebill and they will cancel your unwanted subscriptions for you. One tap. Go sc scroll through. Boop, nope, boop, nope, boop, nope, out. All of them are out. Uh, or you use the Truebill concierge. They'll cancel them for you so you don't have to do it. Truebill has over 2 million users and that's helped them save over $100 million. It's a lot of money. So don't fall for subscription scams. Don't fall for those... Uh, the ones that help you sign up for free and then take your credit card and, and charge your credit card or whatever. 
Cancel all of the things you don't want at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could save thousands a year at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make your second one Locked On now? Nightly recaps of every NBA game from each side. So this game, you'll hear from me. You'll hear from Locked On Clippers. You'll get all of the inside perspective from each side so you can get a real sense for what happened. It's a unique podcast. doesn't really take that long, 10 to 15 minutes. So check it out. Locked On now for recaps of every NBA game wherever you get your podcasts or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. The Clippers went zone and really joined the club teams that confuse the Celtics when they go zone or make them hesitant or make them just kind of go, well, uh, let, let me do this a little bit differently. Throws them off their game. Clippers went zone, not only went zone, but basically said, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to take away everything near the rim because the Celtics, as I said before, had a huge advantage of points in the paint. They could not stop the Celtics from getting anywhere they wanted in the paint early on. So they went zone and it worked. It worked. They, they, the Celtics admitted afterwards they were hesitant. It shows them a new look and, and sometimes that new look said, oh, okay, when you're going zone, I'm going to do this and now I'm going to go one-on-one or I'm going to just rely on, you know, settle for some jumpers. And here's the thing. When, it, when you get zone, and, and if you don't know what zone defense is, it's basically um, a, instead of playing man-to-man, you cover a zone, an area on the floor. So if you're playing a 2-3 zone with two guards at the top and three bigs on the baseline, you have an area of responsibility. So it doesn't matter which guy comes through your zone, you are now responsible for that guy. And there are ways to beat that. You know, you can set a pick on a guy, you put two guys in that zone, and one guy can't cover the two guys. So you set a pick, and now the guy who has the ball can operate a little bit more freely and now other guys have to get involved and that opens up opportunities, right? It's simple concept. Zone in the NBA is meant to be kind of a, a curveball, right? It's not meant to be a, a primary defense. Teams can't play 48 minutes of zone unless they play different kinds of zone, three, two, box on one, triangle and two, like different things that have either man-to-man concepts or just different looks that can confuse teams. You can't play zone all the time because like I said, we, we go over when I was playing in high school, we were, we were breaking zones, right? Grant Williams after the games, like in AAU, we would blow zones up. That's you can get young players and say, okay, they're playing two, three. What do you do? Someone flashes to the middle at the free throw line, catches the ball, collapses things and you spray it out. But that's kind of what the Clippers wanted them to do. And so what are the adjustments? There, there could have been uh, potentially uh, some adjustment to try to get guys cutting baseline and maybe you can you, you could suck in the defense in the middle and get some cutters behind the zone. That's a, that's a great way to do it. When I was playing and teams were playing zone, I would either be the guy who flashed to the middle or if someone else flashed to the middle who was a good mid-range shooter, I loved hanging out 
way, way back, kind of in the dunker spot area and kind of almost standing out of bounds uh, and, and just kind of waiting for someone to get into the middle to suck in that defense. And I would just pop in behind it waiting for a dump off. It's a lot more complicated than that in the NBA because, you know, it, the athletes are just so much better. But same concepts are, are there. But they took those away, and the Celtics very willingly took these three-pointers. And this is, this is where I was kind of like, well, I watched the film, some of it, after this game, and I said, well, this is, this is a good way to break a zone. You just, these shots need to fall. At the same time, the Celtics don't have the personnel right now to knock those shots down. It would be much better if they had Dennis, I mean, not Dennis Schroeder, but hell, even Dennis Schroeder, because you set a pick for him and he turns the corner, he gets into the middle of the, the, the defense. He can do that a lot better than Peyton Pritchard can, at least in this in this game. He is, he is quick, and but you know Tatum, Marcus Smart, certainly could have done a, a good job against the zone. He really does a good job getting into the middle. Uh, you, you just needed some of the better players out there, but the same time, what what should Ime Odoka have done? He could have thrown more shooting out there. Uh, maybe you don't go double big against the zone. Maybe that's not the way to beat the zone. Maybe you throw Al Horford out there instead of with Robert Williams. You, you, you throw him out there with a couple of shooters. Or maybe you throw Robert Williams out there with a couple of shooters and have him try to, try to um, make some plays. It's, it's hard to... It's hard to kind of say the Celtics did things wrong against the zone because they get shots that every NBA team would be like, yeah, that's a great shot. If you show them the snapshot of the shots that they got, they'd be like, these are all great shots. They're all great shots. And even for the Celtics with their the, the non-shooters out there, you still should be able to hit some of those three-pointers. Just absolutely. Look, Al Horford, 0 for 7. Romeo 0 for 3, Peyton 0 for 5, Josh Richardson 0 for 5, Broderick Thomas 0 for 3. The guys who actually hit shots, Jalen 1 for 13. Grant was 2 for 3, the only guy who shot anywhere near well. Sam Hauser 1 for 3, I guess that counts. Um, but that's it. So <laughs> Grant Williams and Sam Hauser combined to shoot 50% from 3. The only other player to hit a 3 was Jalen Brown. So 3 of 6. You take their three of six, and the rest of the Celtics were one for 36. And Jalen Brown was one for 13. I, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words with, with, with this. There's not much more to say about this game. There really isn't. The Celtics broke the zone. In, did the Celtics break the zone, or did the Celtics play into the zone? They did exactly what the Clippers, I think, wanted them to do, and yet that's kind of also the same shots as you wanted to get uh, against the zone defense. Those, those types of shots should fall. I don't know. I guess, I guess when I'm stuck for, for words, I should move on to the next segment, which is Jalen Brown and his post-game comments, which I found interesting but different than the ones before. I'll talk about that after I tell you about Bet Online, which has you covered this holiday season. It's bowl season. Big betting opportunities there. Football playoffs, the NFL coming up. So BetOnline, your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head on over to BetOnline.ag on the web, on your device, your mobile device. Sign up, use the welcome, uh, the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever you deposit, half of that added to your account as a welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. So whatever your favorite sports to bet on, 
they're all there, plus your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait, take advantage of all these amazing offers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Locked On Bets your second listen? Your boy Q and Lee Sterling got you covered with all the sports betting action. I just talked to you about Bet Online. Maybe you should listen to Locked On Bets, get a few ideas, get a little guidance before you lay some money down. Check them out. They've been on a heater this year, so. Uh, check them out wherever you get your podcast. Jalen Brown, after the game. I'm not going to read the quotes. I don't even think playing the quotes is, is going to do it justice. There's just something about the way Jalen Brown was after the game. And I think after the uh, Milwaukee game, where he was like, uh, he said no comment to uh, something that Al Horford said. And I was like, I don't like the way that went. Well, he was also very hard on himself after that. And I think he's, 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 I think he's taking this, this thing kind of hard. I'll be honest with you. I feel like, I feel like Jalen Brown is actually like pained by all of this. The way he was talking, the way, first of all, Jalen will occasionally drop a casual curse word, but not really. And in this one, you know, three of them, uh, including an F-bomb, which, look, when you're reading people and looking at how they talk and, and just, there's this kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say wide-eyed, but like when you don't know what the hell is happening and, you know, you you let some of that stuff fly, you you talk in a certain way. I just saw the in, in Jalen this kind of like, I don't think he knows what the hell is going on. I don't think, honestly, I don't think any of these guys understand or or really know what the hell is going on. Like for all of the things and the valid criticisms of this team, the the criticisms that I had the other day of this is who they are and they've got to work hard and they got to get past their bad habits. I do think that they are actually trying most of the time and the bad habits show up at the worst possible times. And that's something they've got to work through. But I do also think that Jalen is sitting here going like, what the hell, man? Like we got wide open shots. Why can't we hit wide open shots? Like Jalen is a good shooter. He's a good shooter. He was one of 13 from three. And so many of them are wide open that those are shots he should take. Now he forced a couple and there there were a couple there at the end where and then the Celtics needed three pointers and those didn't fall either, but he, I don't know what it is. Uh, he should be hitting when you take, when Jalen Brown takes 13, three pointers, you have to expect him to at least hit a few of them, right? Five of them, four of them, not just one. I do think that he's actually like pained by all of this. And this is where I have a level of concern for this team. It's not just sports talk, blah, blah, blah. My concern. I, I'm kind of concerned about their actual mental health. And I'm on it. I'm honestly like, I, I'm kind of concerned here about how they are handling this. How is this affecting them? Because you've got these young guys putting pressure on themselves. 
to perform. It's not going well. They undoubtedly hear at least some of the noise that's coming out. You got people like me second-guessing them after the games, uh, asking them questions to their face. Why didn't you do this? Or some variation of like an insinuation that, hey, I'm asking you about zone defense. You know, why do you suck against zone defense? And, you know, you come out and you try and you suck in front of 20,000 people and however many people are watching on TV and you, you say to yourself, like, I, I don't understand. Like, we, we did all of these things right. We we came out, we played defense. We held the, the, the Clippers, who were decimated by COVID as well. We held them to 91 points. Like, you got to be thinking to yourself, we did all of this other stuff. Why, why, why isn't it working? Why isn't any of this working? And then you come out to the media and like sit down and you're bombarded with these questions and you're just like, I don't, I don't have to know, man. I just don't know. I don't get it. I do think that this is taking a toll on these guys. I really do. And the problem with that is when, when you reach a point where you're struggling mentally and you're not able to kind of put these things behind you, or you're carrying some of this and, and the frustration starts to build that, that leads to bad things. It just leads to bad things. It leads to, well, first, one of the things it leads to is some of the bad habits. You go back to a place where you're comfortable. It's human psychology. When something is hard, you go back to a place where you're comfortable. And that's, you know, whatever people's vices are. Some people, whenever things get bad, you, you stress eat and you've done a good job of not stress eating. And then, you know, holidays come around and things aren't going great, whatever, whatever, whatever things pile up. And next thing you know, it's one in the morning and you're pounding brownies in the kitchen, standing there stressed out of your mind. That might explain some of the bad habits that these guys display. It might, it might just be as simple as that. Like these guys are just so <laughs> caught up in their minds about what's going on that they can't, they can't unwind. They can't, they can't come come out of the weeds. I asked the question before the game. I think, I think that this is part of what's going on. I think when you look at Minnesota and those guys played free and fun and fast and the Celtics aren't playing free and fun basketball, the Celtics are tightening up and they've got to find something. Honestly, I feel like there's, there's gotta be something that just makes them go out there and have some fun. And I think that's what the, you know, we talked about that, uh, me and Keith Smith, the Joe Johnson thing, they went out and they had some fun with, you know, when Joe Johnson, that first, that first day signing, that was a lot of fun for them. They need something. They need something. Get back to basics. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Phoenix Suns, maybe the Suns coming in, playing a 1 PM game, which is 11 o'clock their time. They're going to be coming in from OKC which is a 9 p.m. game, which I think, uh, what's the difference? It's 7 p.m. their time. So they're going to be playing on Friday morning at 11 o'clock, an NBA game. The Suns will probably come out slow. It'd be really fun for the Celtics to come out and lay a 30 to 14 first quarter on them and, and start to run away. And maybe even when Phoenix wakes up in the second half, the Celtics can kind of pull away. That would be fun. The Celtics, there's something... There's something in their heads at this point. A game like this was just the worst possible type of game that they could have 
because you do things right and you don't get the results that you want. And it's like, well, we do things wrong and we suck. And we do things right and we suck. And we're not supposed to suck because we're better basketball players than this. COVID or no COVID. Whatever guys were on the floor, they were better than shooting 9.5% from Very frustrating times for the Celtics. So I'll be back uh, tomorrow for another podcast leading into the Suns game. And then I'll be back in 2022 after that for the January, the beginning of January. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Hope that you're still with me as far as uh, sticking with the podcast. This team is very frustrating. We're going to get our, we're going to talk our way through it. We're going to do it. So please subscribe, share the podcast with your friends, your family, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.